0: Let's let's do it.
1: Okay. Well, hi there. I'm Simon Mercip and welcome to Crave 2020. Wow. Yes, it is yes, indeed. Um, this is the the podcast and the video cast dedicated to music and film and just about anything that's been entertaining me. And this while Steve McCabe, lately, and, and and this week really, uh,
0: we're kicking off the year. In fact, we are. mostly yes. with films. To be fair, I think indeed. Um, and, and appropriately enough, because today's the day that the Oscar nominations have been announced. So mm-hmm. we'll have a very, very quick trot through that. Yes. Uh, some of the films that are in the list will actually get discussed today. Yes. One or two, one or two that aren't in the list. It's it is so. Deservedly uh, <laughs> so. are also going to get discussed. Yeah.
1: So in our list of movies we're going to talk about, um, uh, first of all, The Man Who Helmed. Uh, two James Bond movies yes. that we liked, uh, Sam Mendes. Yes, He's returned with an epic piece oh, of storytelling Lord, yes. in the first World War movie, 1917. Yes, we've
0: got um, British filmmaker Guy Ritchie, Yeah, none non more British than Guy. Uh, plum's familiar to Eritory, in fact so familiar, I, I actually saw somebody commented that he's made his movie again. <laughs> and he has indeed made his movie again. Um,
1: we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more. It's The Gentleman. It is The Gentleman. Uh, I would just say, um, it, I know, if it is his movie, he's done it with a, a, a great deal of panache and fun. But he always does,
0: in yeah. It, yeah. in my opinion, yes. Okay. Now um, that was an awful lot of fun. Yes. On the other hand, <laughs> on the other hand, I, I
1: also saw cats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but again, we'll we we'll, we'll, we'll kick that one around very shortly yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
1: What, <laughs> One of the actors who uh, turns up in the uh, Oscar nominations this year is Adam Driver. Yes. In a serious film called Marriage Story. But yes. He was also in a not-so-serious film called the, uh, Star Wars, uh, The Rise of um, um, the Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker. It, it, yeah. It, if you can't remember the name of the film, that doesn't bode well for the review now, does anyway, it? Anyway, it it's meant to be the very last ever
0: Star Wars film. And, and did we get that in writing? No. Ah, but no.
1: so anyway, we'll have a quick word about that because it has been out of, about out a while. We so
0: shall just, indeed. Okay. So, so let's start with with um, with uh, what's it called? Sam Mendes, yeah. I think we oh, should we start with 1917. Yeah. I mean, certainly if we're doing these in like a historical order, <laughs> yes. Then it would be appropriate, wouldn't it? Yeah. So 1917. How are we even going to attempt to describe this film? Okay,
1: that's a good question. For those of you who did see Spectre, let's, let's set the stage. And, and, and you should, to yeah, be fair, because it's fantastic. You may recall a very, very well-constructed opening sequence oh, yes. in, center, uh, in Spectre, which was effectively one shot mm. following Bond through Mexico City mm. uh, on the streets, up the stairs, into mm. a bedroom, up over into the rooftops. Mm-hmm. It went on for several minutes. Yes, it did. It was a wonderfully constructed and thought-out piece of cinema. Well, 1917, this latest
0: film, yeah.
1: effectively does the same thing yeah. throughout the entire film.
0: So basically, it's it's a story told in real time, isn't it?
1: Yes. There's one There's one um, pause in the middle, which yeah. you know is required because this, for the story to work, it has yeah. to take place over one one day and into the next morning. So we pause for some time to elapse for that well, yes. to happen. But yeah. effectively, you're with two soldiers yes. following them through from the, the British side of the line, Yeah. through the trenches, over the top, yeah. through fields and, and farm cottages, roads and trucks and yes. ruins and battles and rivers and more battles to the end of the film. Yes. And the coordination and the plan, just from the logistical point of view, to put that together, to make it work, to, for the actors to effectively, it feels like they're in a play. Mm. Um, on that level alone, it's a pretty masterful piece of filmmaking, I, I, I'd suggest. Yes. I've...
0: I've sp- I'd, I'll spare you the details of why I've seen some of it okay and I was struck by how how claustrophobic it was when you got them um, I mean, even when they're going across no man's land yes there was a feeling of of tightness but when they're in the in the German abandoned German trenches it was ferocious wasn't yeah, it yeah yeah it terrifying yeah it reminded I me mean, you mentioned um, the opening sequence inspector I think that's absolutely absolutely valid but I also watched just recently on. I'm, I'm going to shamelessly name drop um, oh. some trouble. It was on, it was on a flight from Stockholm to Reykjavik, as oh, as you do, yes yeah, you do. as you do, yes. But I watched yes. "They Shall Grow Not Old," okay, which is an extraordinary piece of filmmaking, it is. obviously, In and it, and it's also yeah raised the bar very slightly for First World War films because we now know literally what it looked like. Yeah, we can't do any sort of romanticized, fantasized no. notion of it, so. That was in my mind, yes, as kind of like a sort of a, a companion piece to this, almost. And It is in many ways, yeah. And and so as a result, I'm 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 now going to set myself up as 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 a, as a critical historical viewer of 1917 and say it looked like it was authentic. I
1: th- the the amount of care, yes, and time it must have taken, yes, to plan this sequence of shots and to lay out the landscape, yeah, to make it look, yeah, s- so authentic. I don't know how long they spent doing this and getting it together, but you you know to have the trenches, there are there are the corpses of bodies and horses and animals strewn everywhere. Yeah. Various events happen in the in the the, the film, which are sequenced to happen just as the um, actors are uh, get to that spot. Now, whether that's done with a bit of CGI or not, I'm not sure. Certain rodents appear at, at yes. certain times. Planes are in the sky at, at, at the opportune time. Yeah. A crash happens at the opportune time. Yeah. So. Um, Yes, I'm sure with the level of technology these days, there are ways of finessing that. It all appears like it's happening right there, right now. Maybe it isn't. I don't think it matters. It feels like you are there with these two soldiers right from the start. Well, the
0: other films that it brought to mind, obviously, uh, if you want sort of terrifyingly authentic battlefield action scenes, saving Private Ryan all the first 30-so minutes, kind of came to my mind as well. Yes. Because it, it captures obviously not the horror of the D-Day landings, but the banality of at one point the they're, they're climbing through barbed wire. Yeah. Um, and the one character is, is Lance Corporal Blake played by Dan Ch- Dan Dean Charles Chapman. Yeah. He catches his hand on barbed wire mm. and he's like, just little banal things, inane details like yes. that.
1: I thought that was the other chapter. Was it? I, mean?
0: I, I, I will. I will happily accept. I think it was. was. It was that other other Lance Corporal Schofield, played by George MacKay. It was. Jo- yeah, I think it was. No, nah, fair enough then. But But, yeah, but, but the it, point it remains. It does. There's, there's just it's the stupid little things yeah, that yeah. spoil your day, <laughs> yeah. even when you're in a place like that. That just it felt like attention was being paid to detail in the
1: most exquisite way. Yes, you mentioned Saving Private Ryan and it's worth <clears throat> going back on that because the actual story isn't a uh, breakthrough story because Saving Private Ryan was about one soldier trying to get get back to his brothers, wasn't yes. it? In this case, it's sort of a similar scenario. Yeah. One of the two that you mentioned has a brother who's mm. in a platoon, who's on the German side. Everyone thinks the Germans have run away but maybe they haven't, maybe it's a trap. And so one brother is sent to help yeah. alert the other brother's unit. So yeah. Yeah, that's not a shockingly different story than we might have heard in war stories before. But
0: in, in fact, there's the, the one other war story that did come to mind in that context yes. was Gallipoli. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, the, where where the you've gosh, got yeah. a, 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 an extraordinarily ill-fated yeah. mission to deliver a message yes, yeah. in the First World War.
1: Yeah. But that's I, 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 I did, that didn't really matter. That, no, no. This, this is such an immersive sort of film. It's yes. told in such a particular way you're so drawn into it there is a lot of tension um, uh, not a lot of light relief it has to be said a little bit here and there when they meet up with some other soldiers but it's uh, it's relentless. Um, one thing that struck me and I'm, I'm glad I'm sitting next to someone of British heritage oh yeah because it struck me again thinking back to private Ryan an American story mm. in this film with all the uh, the horror that we see, these two central characters, the two young British men, yeah, maintain that stoic, stiff upper lip, absolutely British resolve and courage, yep. and steadfastness.
0: Well, the the colonel told them to go.
1: Yeah, and 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 that and that in a way, it's not, it's not an uh, the way it's played. They're not yeah. outwardly emotional. No, much. they're not. No, but. That's part of it, isn't it? That yes. Yeah. Is, that, that's part of the story. And and that actually, in many
0: ways, makes for a harder film. Because when you've got people who are not outwardly emotional, yeah. then basically you're just listening to two very boring blokes having a very boring conversation. <laughs> and, and and you you want a little bit of grandeur and flamboyant yeah. yes. outgoingness in your in your actors. You can't just have two blokes mumbling to each other about, you know, yeah. hey, mate, we're in a field here. Yeah, we are. There's lots of bullets, <laughs> isn't there? Yeah, look at the bullets. That's a boring film.
1: Yes, yes, sir.
0: But... These two guys—they are so utterly credible. They are, and as you say, immersive. You, you, you—the camera literally follows them through mm. no man's land, through trenches, through a German underground complex. Yes. The camera's with them all the way. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's no, yeah.
0: And yeah. I mean, there's one the the tiny details. Like at the very very start, like the the, the the colonel's given this commission. Very cynically picks the one bloke because it's going after his brother. Yes, it, and and it's very obvious that anybody else would have said stuff it. Yeah. because it's his brother who goes oh, booker I have to yeah and and so they go marching off down the trench and an officer going in the opposite direction yells out to them where are you going this is the down trench and he goes, yeah. colonel's orders and say, that's it it's like we're, we're following orders yeah. here we're on a mission
1: yeah and that, that's another interesting part because it does uh, very if, if you're not from a military family or not understanding of the culture yeah you do that those scenes give you quite an interesting sense of how the British Oh, yeah. structure worked. Uh, so well, that we, was quite we, enlightening.
0: We are, we are shockingly hierarchical. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's what we do. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it really shines through in this film, yeah. doesn't the it? The other yeah. thing we should, you should note about the film is the two main young characters, the leads, are not hugely well-known. The, no, they're not, um, are they? One of them, the one who, um, sorry, I don't have the script, Right, in, uh, the, the cast list right yeah. in front of me. Not George, but the other one.
0: Yeah, uh, this is
1: Dean Charles Chapman Yeah, plays, so he was in Game Blake. of Thrones. Yes, he um, was. He played one of the young Lannister lads who assumed the throne. But there are other yes, very played, well-known actors. He was actors. Tom and Baratheon. Yes. yes. There are other very well-known actors sprinkled through the film in quite small roles. Yes. Like Benedict Cumberbatch, um, yeah. Richard Madden, also from Game yes. of Thrones, and, and one or two others as well, Andrew Scott. Uh, so, um, I didn't recognise
0: him to begin with. He was he was he was first of all not being particularly Irish, <laughs> but then once, once you recognise who it was, you go, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Anyway, so I... I um,
0: did you find that jarring?
1: Oh, no,
0: I didn't. But um, some people apparently have, have found that they were too busy cameo spotting, and it took oh, them out of the. Oh, as you I, say, okay,
1: that's interesting. Yeah, look, that's actually that's a, I, you know what? That's a, I think that's a legitimate thing to say mm-hmm. in a way because because the, the the main story is told through two actors who internationally aren't so well known. No, they're not. That adds an element of reality to it. Yes. Then if you have some very well-known faces popping up here and there, maybe, yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, There's something to that. Yeah. Um, It it, it doesn't overall detract from the the overall uh, uh, worth of the film, I don't think. But um, it's highly recommended. Um, Even if... It's it's a film, you know, not everyone's into war films, but it it treats its subject matter with such respect... Um, and accuracy, from what we can gather, that it's it's really worth seeing as a piece of cinema.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's been nominated for best picture of best director. Yeah, but surprisingly, not best editing. Because you know there's no way in the world that's one single take no. right i don't i don't think you can get a memory stick big enough to fit that <laughs> entire scene on it so there's no way in the world that's one single take the editing is 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 utterly seamless it is because it is to all intents and purposes
1: one it's, single uh, shot actually a, yeah it's an interesting point um I mean, it should be, it, it, it should be, um, win an Oscar for best camera work. <laughs> yeah, well, well uh,
0: oddly enough, such Oscar does exist over I mean, yeah. best cinematography. Yeah. And no, I don't, I don't know, it's up for that either. Like I say, um, Sam Mendes is up for, uh, best director. Yes. Um, and he's up for best original screenplay as well. Yeah. And it is up for best cinematography. cinematography. Well, right rightly so. Right, you can have it for that one then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
1: so, um, look, it hasn't been out that long. It's really worth seeing. Um, it probably will could well do well at the Oscars, but even if it doesn't, uh, go see 1917.
0: Absolutely, it's a quite outrageously brilliant film.
1: Um, so look, Sam Mendes is British and so is Guy Ritchie.
0: Oh, it is this none more so, sir. No. Uh, none and, more so.
1: Um, I, we've both seen his latest, it's called yes. The Gentleman. Yes. Uh, Apparently, generally, it hasn't had a lot of reviewers jumping for joy. No, but I have to say, um, well, my expectations were slightly lowered. Yeah, um, but I enjoyed it a lot. Excellent. I found it immensely entertaining. Right? Maybe it's 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 that British crime caper, you know, royal right. lads, and a You're bit right, of humour yeah. and a little bit, bit of skullduggery. and, and bit all a bit of stuff. ducking, bit of diving, bit yeah, of dodging, bit of. of weaving. I, you know I think mean? it's done with a lot of panache. Oh yeah. A, it, I, I, style, humour. Um, for me, some of his touches make me think of Tarantino. Mm. Uh, some of his visual touches I, and, and his lo- loving of getting to dialogue between you know, characters. And, I've
0: often thought that he basically kind of wishes he could be the, the Tarantino of London. Right. That's in there, definitely. Yeah. Usually. You can see that. But you mentioned the visual. Well, actually, you know what? Before we get into that, yeah. I've got a challenge for you. i go on. Oh, here we go. Yes. Plot, plot synopsis.
1: Oh okay. no, are you going to ask me that? Right, so Matthew McConaughey has an American who's got himself at an early age, comes comes to the UK and sets himself up as the kingpin of a marijuana empire. A massive massive growing and distribution empire. Worth, it turns out, in the hundreds of millions. Right, and he, in his middle age, decides "I, I love my wife, I want to spend more time with my family, I'd like to get out. But I want to sell my business, and he has a, a buyer in mind, Yes. but the deal goes awry because that buyer, an uh, American who's named off the top of my head, I can't quite remember, but he tries to scupper the deal or lower the price with some skullduggery. Yes. And then we have other competing interests, cr- criminal interests, trying to get on in on it as well. Of course. So... It's the, it's it's Matthew McConaughey and his band of, and particularly Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam, yeah. Hunnam, who's his, his ro- uh, left hand man, right hand man, right hand man, man, or left. Yeah. <laughs> who are? We're, we're flexible. We're f- fending off the yes. The intricacies of the of what's the, the rival bids and the key to the telling of the story. Yes. Is the role played wonderfully well? Oh God, yes. My word, by Hugh Grant. Uh, he plays Fletcher, isn't it? Fletcher, yeah. Uh, he plays a um, a journalist, yeah. a, 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 a muckraking tabloid journalist, mm-hmm. who's trying to find a way to uh, say to uh, ch- um, to Charlie and, and Matthew, "I need a cut because I can I can protect you from the takeovers." That's yeah. kind of what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Hugh Grant. Uh, no, it's wrong to say he carries the film. That would be, but he. I don't know. He he. He is a delight to watch. He
0: is. I mean, the, the framing device, which is actually really useful because it's ferociously complex. Yeah. And so he he's exp- he's basically presenting this. He's pitching it as a screenplay to, <laughs> yeah. to to Charlie Hunnam's character who was called Ray. That's right, yeah. So he's pitching it to Ray as a screenplay. Yes. Which means he's basically telling the story to yeah. Ray and getting Ray to, to give any corrections. We like, no, that's not how it works out. And, and, and so, yeah, he's, he's no longer lovable foppish Hugh Grant from Four Weddings on Notting Hill. He has reinvented himself over the last several years. Yes, he has. I mean, there was a programme just recently, you might not have seen this, um, about a big British political scandal of the 70s and 80s, a very English scandal. Thorpe? The very fellow, Jeremy Thorpe, yeah. And he played Thorpe, it was a gay... um, He he was the leader of the Liberal Party. Um, who was in, in a time when homosexuality was barely legal, actually mm. he was becoming legal, but he was still extraordinarily frowned upon mm. and highly blackmailable. Right, and and he was getting blackmailed, and he and there were suggestions that he may have attempted to have the the blackmailer um, permanently silenced. Okay. And and that's when you got these first glimpses of him no longer being. Yes. As foppish as once no, he was. No. And you could tell he was sort of starting to enjoy this oh, little bit of bit yeah. of an edge to his character. Yeah. And so he leans into Ray. Yes, who he, he fancies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he fancies <laughs> himself suddenly rotten in this, not he? But he.
1: he fancies Ray as well, doesn't he? Well, no, he is Ray. I'm, oh, sorry, sorry, no, sorry, I'm sorry, Fletcher, yeah. Fletcher, Fletcher, we, Fletcher we, we, fancies Ray. Well, yeah,
0: because he's very slightly... Camp, yes, in this. but not, 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 no, not effeminately so, but no, not absurdly so. But no. just I mean, the dress is his darling, yeah, yeah, a lot. And he's, he's, but he's brilliant, yeah. He, you can tell he's having more fun than anybody else, in this and oh, like they're he... all in a decent amount of fun, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um. I mean, the, the cast is worth mentioning a few others. Uh, Michelle Dockery.
1: Yeah, of uh, Downton Abbey fans. Yes.
0: No longer Lady Mary. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> she's got that wonderful lisping Essex thing yeah, going on. Yeah. She's fantastic yep. in it. Yep. She, she's foul. She's absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, Charlie Hunnam's accent. Um, he's better travelled than I've been recently. He okay. goes up. I mean, he's from Newcastle. And, oh, okay. and his accent is variously from Scotland, from Ireland, possibly American at some words, in some sentences. It's impossible to nail down. Oh. He's all over the place. You've, you've got um, Henry Golding
1: as yeah. Dry Eye. Yes. That, I mean, he, I'd previously seen him in the um, Asia... Um, Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians. It's, it's he, a romantic lead, and he's far from that here. Oh, he's,
0: he's nasty in this. Yeah. Uh, who else was particularly standout-ish in this? There were, there were others. Colin Farrell. Who plays coach? Yes,
1: uh, he or he le- laps up that role as well, doesn't he? He it was, does just indeed. Much yeah. Gusto as Hugh Grant yeah. in any ways.
0: And and there's uh, and the one character I, or the one actor who I thought was the most disappointing of all mm-hmm. was the one that you couldn't even remember the name of. Um, the other American who's interested in buying the the, oh, the drug yes, empire. Yeah. The character's name is Matthew. And he's played by a fellow named Jeremy Strong. Okay, and he was in Succession. Uh-huh. which you're probably aware of. I'm aware of yeah. it, but I haven't seen it. Huge hit in the last couple of years on, on, I think it was on HBO, wasn't it? Um, where he played the the, the son and presumptive heir mm. of Brian Cox's um, media mogul. Uh, and in that, he was...
1: Was that the Rupert Maxwell story? Rupert Murdoch. Robert Maxwell. Robert Maxwell. They're interchangeable, those two. Yes, essentially, yes. Officially,
0: no. Okay. But the the points of contact were real. And he played... Um, Kendall Roy almost mm. as a slightly Donald Trump Jr-ish kind of character he was extremely good in that as a kind of on the back foot uh, reacting to what abusive father did mm. he played that character beautifully he wasn't strong enough in this I didn't think he was a little bit yeah, a bit foppish
1: yeah uh, but, I mean it's meant to be I guess but it, uh, yeah, I'd agree with you on that but the, 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 then they bring these other uh, there are lots of characters in the film yeah. the, the coach has his lads from the gym oh the toddlers. The, full, the, t- the toddlers the toddlers yeah. who kind of like do various not so legal jobs for him yes um yeah, and i actually quite liked um was it uncle george uh dry, lord, lord, lord george, george lord but, george um dry eyes uncle or father yeah uh I, it was a small role but it was it was good it, yeah it was fantastic i mean I, I just really really enjoyed this film yeah there's a lot of i mean this. There's a lot of... Yes, it's a violent crime caper, but there's a lot of... Com- a huge amount of comedy in it. There were times when people were just laughing out loud. In-
0: including one bit where a bloke gets run over by a train. Yeah. That you actually do laugh out loud you at. You do, I know. It's true. It's a guilty pleasure, to be fair. <laughs> but, true. You know. um,
1: so, yeah, I... I you know, you, you may have some views about Guy Ritchie, but this is really well put together. It's fun, it's entertaining. Yeah. It's really worth looking. I just want to say, very quickly... Go ahead. Both the Guy Ritchie film... Yeah, and the Sam Mendes nineteen seventeen film, oh, I yeah. think, yeah, were hugely this is my view hugely let down by the trailers. Okay, the trailer to the gentleman focused mm. on the violence and the the uh, mostly I uh, they yeah violence yeah. and the the action yeah, uh, and I think neglected the humour. Because yeah.
0: the body count was actually surprisingly low. Yeah, it wasn't
1: hu- huge, no. It was no. more of the intrigue and yes. the, the threats and the... And, and,
0: and the extraordinarily sharp dialogue.
1: Oh, great dialogue. Yeah. Uh, and I think 1917, also, the trailer... I suppose you can't, you can't in a trailer, show no. one long, long, long shot. But you, you might have thought, looking at the trailer, that it was just um, a typical war movie. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, uh, you know it was uh, much much more than that so yeah a bit, bit disappointing on both counts so um it's just a minor point but it did strike me that here were two trailers yeah. which perhaps relied on traditional selling techniques the action and the violence that and they kind of missed the trick of what the, the real yeah. worth of those two films were
0: and yeah oddly enough you can actually sum up the entire of the gentleman and incidentally it was no, it originally wasn't going to be called the gentleman okay it was originally going to be called bush right that was the original title but i suspect that possibly that might have had other connotations yes but yeah i mean the, the gentleman even as a title does not do it
1: doesn't no, even make sense no, really no it doesn't it's you're right it doesn't yeah. yes it doesn't i guess it's trying to somehow r- refer to the, the code of conduct yeah. of, of the underworld as, as the, the mafia had but yeah th- yeah i think they could possibly yeah. been a better um but there
0: is a moment uh, right at the very start yes. where there is one brief. I mean, it's one of those tiny little details that I really liked. Just going back incidentally to what you said about about Guy Ritchie's visual ticks. Do you remember Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels? Mm-hmm. long time ago now, cracking films about twenty some years ago. Then, yes. but it had all that, that incredible slow motion stuff where people, you know, people like falling past each other the fight sequences. There was virtually none of that. Mm. He's really dialed that back, and it doesn't get in the way so much anymore. No. It's just gets going to telling the story. But what it does have is at the very start, Matthew McConaughey. Walks into a pub. Yes. Uh, and he orders a pint and a pickled egg. Pickled egg. And they do a close up of the barman pulling the pint. Yes. And so um, you've been in an English pub, you know, where you've got the big, the big handle for, yep. for, with the beer. And there's usually a little placard on the front of it, right, with identifying what the beer is. Right. And it actually says on that, as he starts pulling it, it sa- the name of the beer is Richie's English Lore. Richie's English Law. Okay. And basically saying that's what this film is going to be. Right. This this is the traditional this is a traditional English story as told by and Guy, Guy Ritchie. Ritchie. And that right there sort of sets out where the entire film is going to be. And all you need to do for the entire film, put that on the poster. And as I've said to you many times in the past, if you like that kind of thing, <laughs> yeah, that's right. you're gonna like that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, you yeah, really are like. and, and, and you know you're right, he's not for everyone. And and if you like Guy Ritchie's film,
1: yeah. This would be a good one.
0: He's made it again, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he's made it very, very well.
1: Yeah. Okay. Hey, now, um, we must now just get you to talk about a film that has had so many puns associated with its reviews. Uh, I don't know where to start, but I shall graciously uh, hand over to you, Mr. McCabe. To to me, I Oh,
0: oh, know, to start okay. To talk about cats. Right. Well, I, I, I need to start off with background here. Yes. Right. Bit of background.
1: Okay. Yep.
0: I am an Andrew Lloyd Webber fan. Okay. In fact, specifically, I am a fan of early Lloyd Webber. Right. I mean, I I, I could I will argue with you which is the best version of Jesus Christ Superstar, and the correct answer is the original recording. With Ian Gillan,
1: that is the correct answer. It I grew the, up with that record; it's and, phenomenal, isn't and it? I still remember the lyrics to it. To we, 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 you a we, could, pro- we, could burst into song right now. I know that's <laughs>
0: so. That's how good he can be. My mind is clearer now. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Sorry, at last, anyway. all too well I can see, Jeez. and so <laughs> that's, that's kind of how I, how, how I felt. Yeah, try not to, try not to get worried. So, try not, the, yeah, okay, yes. so, yeah. So, we could do this all day. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I actually had. The original cast recording vinyl double record of Cats.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: and I actually quite liked it. Yeah. Um. There's, there's some fantastic music in it. Okay. It's a bit, it's probably his last good yeah. show. I mean, Starlight Express, no, no interest, Phantom of the Opera, please. But Cats had some magic in it. Okay. And I finally got to see the stage play oh, you did? Okay. in Auckland about four years ago. Right. Um,. Actually, yeah, it was, I I, I remember what it was, because oddly enough, um, Len Brown, the ex-mayor of of Auckland, nearly killed my mother-in-law on the way out. That's a story for another time. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, seriously. Okay. But in in that version of it, it's it's kind of interesting that they have um, performers on stage Mm -hmm. who are on stage. You can't really see them too closely. Yeah. Right. And that's relevant here. Um, and they're dressed in leotards. They've got sort of got cat colours painted on them, and they move in this mm. gloriously sinewy way—the way that only mm. cats can. Mm. And if you're watching the video, you can see me trying to imitate it. You. If you're watching the podcast, <laughs> the podcast, you can only imagine how cat- <laughs> catly I'm being right now, right? But it works. Okay. I mean, it's a bit overlong, and I, yeah. you know, when you realise that wow, it's been out for an hour and a half, and you've only in the interval right mm. now, and mm. like, bloody hell, there's another hour of this to go yet. But it's it's kind of clever. Mm. And, mm. It, and it's very, very tight. Mm. Um, and so originally, apparently, this was going to be, about 15 years ago, this was going to be a an animation. Okay. In fact, in the... So long is the story of this, that the, when I saw Six Degrees of Separation recently, um, and that was from the late 80s, early 90s, mm. and one of the running gags in that is that the one fella's father is going to be producing... A movie of cats, and you can get the other characters' um, bit roles in it. So, so this this film has been kind of like on the back burner for many years, and it should stay there. Right. It really should because what you've now got is instead of simply a load of songs about cats, they've written a story, mm. and that's always a bad movie and things like this. But suddenly, is there's a plot? So there's reference in, in the original things to to cats going to the heavy side layer. Right, one jellicle cat is reborn in the heavy side layer, and it's mentioned in passing, and it doesn't really go into Suddenly, there's this huge plot now that one of the cats, um, played by Idris Elba, mm-hmm. will by hook or by crook be the one that's chosen to go to the heavy side layer, and there's a story in it now. And you've got um, Ray Winston oh, okay. playing um, Growl Tiger as one of his henchmen, for example. So, it's, so, so, right there, that ruins. A large parties that takes it away from what it's meant to be. You've got close-ups on the individuals, so suddenly you're focusing on people's faces. These are suddenly people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're not they're not cats any longer. These are people. Yes, well-known they're... people. James Corden. Yeah. Um, Judy Dench. Judy Gen- Dench. Gen- Jennifer Hudson. Uh, Jason Derulo. Taylor Swift. Rebel yeah. Wilson. Yeah. Ian bloody McKellen. Oh really? I didn't. Oh. He needs a word with his agent so desperately, and. And so these are people that you can recognise. They're not recognisable faces and everything, right? Yeah, And and they're not doing the painted leotard things any longer. They're wearing fursuits. that's all CGI stuff till the cats come out. Till the cats come. Oh. As far as I'm a perfect, perfect. Yes. Sorry. No, it was unintentional. I'm not going to get catty about it. No. I don't know if it's CGI or not. I don't know if it's makeup, but the way it looks is instead of like just there's you know a representation of cats. They look human yeah. in a disturbing way. Mm. Like, um, like Taylor Swift clearly has a rather impressive bust, okay. which
1: cats don't have. No.
0: No. In fact, they, they, they actually, I mean, to be absolutely blunt about this, and I'm not saying this in any kind of, like, I approve of this, but in actually the way that the fur shading goes, it looks like she's got furry nipples. Okay. It's creepy. Yes, it's not nice. It's not. It's not even like erotic. It's just no, weird. Odd cats with asses. Yeah, human asses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird, and they don't look like cats. They yeah. don't move like cats. They move like human ballet dancers. Right, and they look like hairy naked people. Mm. And it's not an, not in a good way. Mm. It's creepy.
1: So, yeah, and, and that raises the question: What, what is? What are the makers of the film asking the audience to, to believe here? I genuinely don't yeah, you know. know. What, what are we trying to, to yeah. say to the audience about how, what that's the story a really the telling?
0: That's a really important question to ask. And I don't think anyone ever really satisfactorily mm. thought that one through.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was, In a way, maybe you can't blame the actors. They, they're not going to know till later on after all the effects have put on no. what it's going to look like. But, um, yeah, oh well. Mm. I mean,
0: James Corden, Rebel Wilson, uh, Judy Dench... Uh, Ian McKellen. Mm. What word would you describe use to describe their trade? Their trade. Yes. What do they? What's the, What do they do for a living? Well,
1: they act. Well, Corden right. is a They're actors, yeah. Yes. They're actors, right? Yes.
0: So what the hell are they doing in a musical? They're not singers. No. Corden kind of pulls it off.
1: Yeah.
0: Wilson sings, frankly, like she's straining at a rather awkward shit. Judy Dench. Seriously, I mean, <laughs> Judy Dench basically talks her way through her songs. Right. It's probably the smartest move of all. Yeah. And Ian McKellen, seriously, I, I all I can think is there must have been pharmaceuticals involved. <laughs> I don't know what he had in, I don't know what he had in mind for that role. Seriously. It, it's a mess. Mercifully yeah. it's only a short part at the end. Yeah. At which point you just you just don't care on. No. It's weird. Nothing about it works. Yeah. There's the the great big song it was a big hit when it came out. Was, it was uh, "Memory."
1: Uh, oh, of course, yes. Midnight, Midnight. Yeah.
0: not a yeah, you know, you know <laughs> And and who sings it in the film? Jennifer Hudson. Okay. Um, for the she she does it in two installments. Um, the first bit is just her, and the second bit she does a little bit of a, a duet with a new character mm-hmm. who was never in T. S. Eliot's original poems, was never in uh, Richard Stillgo's original libretto, a character called Victoria. Mm-hmm. played by, as it is in the credits, introducing Francesca Hudson and also, frankly, burying and destroying the burgeoning career of Francesca Hudson, because she's really nice. She's sweet, she's really pretty, she's got mm. a delicate, soft voice. Doesn't really have much else yeah. to do, to be fair. Um, but Jennifer Hudson gets the big, big,
1: yeah, huge,
0: enormous, because the, the, there is a bit in, in, in the original version of Memory where... Suddenly, the emotional swell comes. And, and when Elaine Page delivers that one line, Touch me, it's mm. so easy It's like an emotional gut punch. Yeah, it's, She does it brilliantly. Except in this version, Jennifer Hudson has already wrung out every last possible drop of emotion that can be found in this song. Mm-hmm. There's nothing left. Right. She's got nowhere left to go. She's already dialed it up to about 17. Yes. And then she pauses the strings start to swirl the background you know, rises and rises and rises the crescendo comes and then she hits that huge note she's crying and i was actually
1: laughing because oh. it was just so utterly overwrought instead yes, a, a, once you cross that line you've really lost people I think. yeah yeah um, it
0: was it was just so overdone
1: what a shame well i don't know yeah
0: i mean in the end, there was nothing to recommend it. Even like, you can you can criticize it on so many levels, like the semiotics of the clothing, mm. right? Ian McKellen wears a coat, right? Because he's got like patterns on it, right? Judy Dench is wearing a fur coat, right? Now, what what fur would that be?
1: Yeah, what cat? What coat? Fur coat? Would a cat wear? What
0: animal would the? Yeah, exactly. It's kind yeah. of kind of bizarre, really. Yeah. Rebel Wilson. Mm-hmm. Has got a collar on. Her cat's wearing a collar. Yes. With what, like a little Coke ring pull type tab here. At one point in the middle of her song, she suddenly pulls it up, unzips it. Mm. so And then removes her cat fur and she's wearing like a cabaret outfit. Okay. The kind of thing that you'd have seen, what's her name, Liza Minnelli wearing in cabaret. Yes. That kind of outfit underneath it. So then is are these costumes that the cats are wearing? Yes the whole thing just nothing about it works. Mm. nothing. Taylor Swift is very, very good. Mm-hmm. She's a singer and dancer. Yes. Francesca Howard is sadly, this will be the one film she ever gets to make probably because he's going to bury her her career, which is a shame because she's probably got a lot of talent. Um, James Corden. Oddly enough, actually isn't too bad because mm. he kind of like sort of blunders his way through. He his, his character Buster for Jones in white spats, and he's the Saint James's Street cat, and he's kind of adorable with it. But mm. but it's more by good luck than yeah. You know, I mean, seriously, it's just, there is nothing with the possible exception of Taylor Swift for a couple of minutes when she's trying to be English, right. um, and not doing too badly. But we, we know how she feels about the English. But apart from that it's
1: awful right well uh perhaps the telling sign is that the, the by the time this got to new zealand i think we were already realizing it had got bad press bad press uh to put it mildly and it didn't stay here for long it got a savaging, yeah and it was widely deserved <clears throat> yeah okay it was appalling now, seriously okay
0: So, speaking of highly hyped films, yes, you've been to see a Star
1: Wars, yes, and I, I will just leave this towards the, the end because it's been out for a while now. Yes, the, the last Star Wars film. Uh, it's worth mentioning because it is apparently the last Star Wars film. What well, they went back from nineteen seventy seven, I think it was, was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, nine films over. Gosh, you know, forty something years. Yes, in, um, in in three clumps. In three clumps. Um, I personally have never been a huge Star Wars fan, yeah. but I know that obviously there are millions of people around the world who have been. Oh, very much so. Yeah. I think probably for them, this was a pretty satisfactory conclusion. Right. It does make a particular effort mm-hmm. to draw in some of the strands and the characters from the films, particularly the first three, the ones mm-hmm. that we got we all got to know back in the seventies. Uh, it, i thought this the this, the film the, the last film um the middle film dragged it was very slow that it was bogged down by a lot of dialogue this one has a lot of pace okay it moves along quite well the special effects are as good as you'd expect of course um uh, uh, it, 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 it it combines the the, the humor and the uh, the action um and it's i I th- i've sat there thinking you know i'm not hugely hugely invested in this yeah. book, but I think it's probably doing a pretty good job. One thing that, it, that annoyed me was um, it d- picked up on a, a, a little thread from the first of these last lot of films. Mm-hmm. This is the JJ Abrams mm-hmm. directed mm-hmm. films that um, Finn, the young um, black um, who was a former stormtrooper, has turned into a good guy. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, ha- feels something for Rey, the, the female sort of yeah. main protagonist. It's sort of it's just there in the first two films. It, and the, the the filmmakers in this final mm-hmm. film at one point it seems like they're really going to develop this okay and then they leave it hanging ah. completely uh, in, a, in a way that wasn't i didn't find satisfactory at all however if, i think I,
0: i've not seen the film myself yet i plan to watch it but I, I seem to recall hearing something about how um ray might not ever have any particular interest in gentlemen anyway or have i misread that
1: uh, I think that that's a. I don't think there's anything overt about that. Yeah. But uh, I think you could you could form begin to form that sense of of the character as you yeah. go along. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And
0: I get the feeling that an awful lot of people have, have lost a lot of sleep over it as well. Okay.
1: I mean, it. Uh, it's not a. I don't, wasn't a big issue yeah. for me, but it it did. It, it did niggle a little bit. You weren't quite sure what was happening with some of the relationships. Right. It was a bit, a little bit frustrating. It would have been nice. If, if you're going to wrap it all up. Yeah. Uh, and maybe this is why, maybe they'll make another one. Maybe they'll try and resolve these things. I don't know. But um, I should just make mention, I talked about the special effects. One quick thing. There's a wonderfully um, constructed scene of a, of a battle amongst waves crashing over rocks with the yeah. main characters jumping around. Um, that was visually a really, really strong uh, part of it. Um and we're mentioning this partly because it's the last Star Wars film, but also because it does feature Adam Driver. Yes. Playing Kylo Ren, um, um, the bad guy of the first two films. Um, I think we can say this now because it's, it's pretty much nearly finished its run. Uh, his character undergoes a bit of a, a shift in perspective right, yeah, in this, yeah. last, this last film. Um, they also notably used some footage, leftover footage of Carrie Fisher yes. to incorporate her back into the story. Oh, good. Uh, and with with good emotional impact. Yes. Um. And, uh, and another character, well known love character from the nineteen seventies, who we thought was killed off, or in fact was killed off in the first film, one Harrison Ford. I have to mention. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's a there's a sort of a reappearance there, which was cool. very touching. Cool. Yeah. So if you're a fan, you love it. Yeah. If you're not a fan, it's still a, a, an entertaining bit of a you know uh, a ride. Uh, yeah. In that sort of universe.
0: And and I have to say th- in the past people have tried to make out the that this is you know how, how can i how can i word this correctly i going to make sure i get this right the c- certain people who are how should we say the kind of people who typically watch science fiction films right yes and tend, tend to be um stereotypically pimply young men who live in the mother's basements okay. and, and, and were very resentful of the fact that, that, that there might be suggestions that possibly a female character might have some form of agency in a film oh. and, and, and so get very very bent out of shape when you mention the fact that, that not only was Princess Leia not simply a damsel in distress yes. but actually ends up rescuing um, Luke and yes. and Han at one point yes. in a complete inversion of what yes. she's been made out to be. So so in that regard, first of all, it's, it's fantastic to see yep. Leia yep. back in this. Um, and and secondly, um, what are we making of Daisy Ridley as Ray?
1: Um, she, she plays a real a hero's role. Quite yeah. Um, uh, chin out taking all the hits um not this isn't some sort of um girly girly role or anything this is a strong woman young woman um there's some gutsy yeah um determined a real fighter um yeah she's a real um you know, I wasn't really thinking about the fact that it was a, yeah. she's a female, but no, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, the, the, the fact that 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 could be a female in that yeah. role, I think we've, made, we've yeah. moved on. She's just, she's allowed to that. just get on with being a good character. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I'll go back to,
0: to Adam Driver because I remember in the first of the the, the new um, bunch of films, he plays Kylo Ren. Yes, and and I just thought he was. A whiny emo teenager, and you, you can imagine like stomping off to his room going, "You don't get me, you don't let me lightsaber like, anyone," and he was just whiny. Yes. So, so please tell me he's better than that because I, I, oh, I think he, I think he definitely is. I'm
1: not a big Adam Driver fan no, remember, to begin with. Yeah, I remember we've had this discussion yeah. before. Um. uh Look, I, I was watching that him mm-hmm. knowing he's done. He's since the last the series began. He's done some pretty good been yeah. in some good films yes um and he's oscar nominated in one of yes he is um, in marriage story yeah in marriage story. so uh no i thought he i think his performance was a, a better stronger more nuanced performance the story required it to be oh good yeah so it, that was central to the story working yeah and so no I, I i'm i don't quite share your um lack of views of mr driver but anyway. my
0: my lack of faith is disturbing oh,
1: yes. all right so so speaking of Oscar noms, yes. we're doing this, aren't we? Well, we should be upfront and say that a number of the, not all of these films, have been released in New Zealand yet. No, and so we're not familiar with every category, and we're not going to go through every single one. No, we'll, we'll be here but, till the cows come home. But we'll do, we'll do, we'll do the headline ones. So first yeah. of all, Best Picture.
0: I mean, I, I, I think there's one, there's one obvious choice in there.
1: Let me just let's quickly run through them. Okay, if you want to. Yeah. Ford versus Ferrari. Yep. The Irishman. Mm-hmm. Jojo Rabbit, mm-hmm. interestingly, Joker, yeah, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Um, Parasite I haven't seen, but most or Little Women I haven't seen, but uh, most of the others we're pretty familiar with.
0: Yes, so 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 what? There's a few interesting things in here. Parasite is actually a Korean language film, right? It's not it's not not in English, which is somewhat unusual. Yeah. Um, in fact, when he he won, I forget which of the Golden Globes and, and the director Bong Joon-ho did point out that if you just get get over the tiny hurdle of the bottom inch of the screen, yes. you get to see great films. Yes. So it, it, it is good to see non, yeah. Yeah. non-English, non non-Western films in there. The Irishman is a Netflix film, yes. which most of us saw on Netflix, yes, and yet that's in there because it, it did actually make it into just enough cinemas for just enough showings that it can shoehorn its way into well, this. Well, narrative
1: story is also a Netflix film.
0: Oh, is that right? Yes. Ah, okay. Yes, yeah, so yeah. we've got the same deal there. Yeah. Um, also, the two popes. Yeah. Which is not in the best picture noms, but it is in best actor. So, of those nine, what do you what do
1: you like? Uh, well, I'm slightly influenced by the film I've seen most recently, which yeah. is 1917. Yeah. Uh, in terms of its visual impact, yes. That, that is. Um, astounding yes um in terms of a film that stayed with me um i have to say jojo rabbit i still think back on because yes of the, the odd and bizarre combination of yes emotional drama and wet, madcap comedy um the irishman is a slow burn yes um it's, it's compelling but i'm not sure sh- i don't know i'm not sure about that no um once upon a time a hollywood tarantino um i enjoyed it very much um yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know. I, I mean, you, if you ask me what I would like, or what um, I think the Oscar voters would like, yeah. <laughs> um, eh, I would probably. T- I would probably tend to. Oh, just because I'm influenced by the last thing I've seen, 1917. Yeah. I'll, I'll say 1917. It, it, well, here's the thing. I mean, I remember when
0: Dunkirk came out. Yes, and I walked out of the cinema saying, "I just saw the best picture Oscar I remember film. You saying that? Yeah, and and he shows how little I know. Yeah, and I'm concerned that the same thing could be true of 1917. Well true. It's well got a massive true. impact, but I don't know it's going to play well that way. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that um I don't think it's going to be Joker. Mm. He's been too controversial. Um. I'd love to see Jojo Rabbit, yeah. and I actually think that Jojo Rabbit could turn out to be the safest because there's been controversial choices in the last few years. But I'll tell you where I think he's going to win. Yeah, Little Women.
1: Okay, no, I have to confess I haven't seen it. no yeah No, but, yet, not, well. but um... I just have a feeling that yeah.
0: that's... I, I just not 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 in, out of any sense of snark whatsoever. I, I've not seen it, so I don't know if it's deserving or not. I'm not basing my judgment on that. I just have a feeling that that.
1: They the, have a little liking for those historical the, the, tales.
0: Yeah, the, just the politics of the way these things tend to play, mm. that might be it. Yeah. I, I will be seeing it very shortly. Um, I haven't
1: yet, I've on Netflix. I haven't yet seen Marriage Story. But no, I, me I, neither. But it is meant to be very good. Well, yes, absolutely. Now, Best Actress is going to be
0: really difficult for you and me to call because yes. Harriet, Bombshell and Judy have yet to open in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and neither mm. have actually seen Marriage Story yeah, or so. Little Women. Uh, but look at the, I mean, they're basically, all. Yeah. I mean, basically, any time you see the name Saoirse Ronan, you think, well, there you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 kind of Which game over there. Yeah. Very, very good. I do
0: want to see Harriet. Right. That looks fascinating. Um, um, interestingly, just like Judy, it's based on the life of a real person.
1: Just just remind me, Harriet please. Tubman. Okay.
0: Um, American woman who who was a slave, um, and then became part of the um emancipation movement. So.
1: Well, the Oscar voters have a, a liking for those stories. Well, 12 Years a Slave yes. and, and the like.
0: And, and, and certainly, if, if we're taking the story into account
1: as well, then that's got to be a massive contender. Mm. Very, very definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, best Actor? Well, that's an interesting one. You've got Antonio Banderas, Banderas in Pain and Glory, which I haven't seen. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, yes, Adam Driver, i seen. Joaquin Phoenix and Jonathan Price. Gosh, Um I mean, to be fair, Jonathan Price isn't really acting
0: there. I mean, he, he just—he looks so much like Pope Francis. I don't think he deserves a nod for that.
1: Um, I haven't seen Antonio Banderas, but I think he's—he's um, he's done. I think he's picked up some other awards yes. already for that yes. role. Um, so I, I don't. Leonardo DiCaprio—I'd uh, be surprised if they give it to him.
0: Although he is very good in that. Is he?
1: Yeah, yeah, I know he is. He is really yeah. good. But um, I think the interesting one—I don't know if you get it—but it, and he's got a checkered um, sort of reputation but Joaquin Phoenix's role I wouldn't yeah. be uh, I'd be quite pleasantly uh, surprised if he got it I don't think he will no I don't think he will no but, I think
0: um, I think it's, it's, it's overdone it's overwrought there's not much nuance in that performance <laughs> not a huge amount so what do you think then um I'm, I'm I, I will call Antonio Banderas yeah not, not seeing it I just have a feeling yeah that I, I, I just based kind of on the way you know how what what what's it look like in the past i oh, yeah. sneaking suspicion best supporting actress again we've got the problem we've not seen two N- at the
1: yeah first. um so we've, we've both seen uh, scarlett johansson in um jojo rabbit i thought she was very good um but uh, i i'm i'm really gonna have to say i can't call that no
0: but again definitely a supporting role in that yeah um again best supporting actor we've not we've not seen a beautiful day in the neighborhood but tom hanks anytime you see his name in there mm. then you have to figure he's, he's a good contender brad pitt it's not a name you often see in Oscar nominations. No, he is got it? the Golden Globe, didn't he? For he did the best supporting actor. He did best Abs as well, to be fair. Yeah, oh,
1: I I enjoyed his work in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and whether Al either I don't think it'll be, it shouldn't be Al Pacino because he was just being Al Pacino. Oh, but, wasn't he just? Yes. Joe Pesci. I enjoyed Joe Pesci's role. Yes. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen. I'm afraid I haven't seen Anthony Hopkins or Tom Hanks. So no. Hard to say. Okay, Hard to yeah. say. And uh, then best director. Oh well. Hmm.
0: I, They're all good.
1: <laughs> We've got Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, yeah. Sam Mendes for Nineteen Seventeen, Quentin Tarantino, and as the man you just mentioned, Boon John Ho for Parasite.
0: Yeah. Now I've seen one, two, three and a half of those. <laughs> um, not seen Parasite, but no. I do want to see it. Yes. Um, I was very 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 impressed in terms of the direction of 1917 like you were saying before Mm. the the structuring of it the choreography of Mm. it the the work that must have gone into setting up all the shots that then seamlessly blended into one that is a level of
1: technical expertise and craft
0: yes exactly
1: Mm. Uh, and vision yeah oh yeah, so I mean, I, I would go for him. I'd go for Sam. Not having seen one of them, though. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah.
0: I mean, that, that, that that's the thing. Any 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 comments we make here are ultimately to... deeply flawed. Never mind. We, we yeah. So so, given that we are likely to be wrong on most of these, uh, we do have the cop out of what we have not seen. Them so <laughs> it's always we, a good discussion, though. It is indeed. And also, just I'm I'm kind of gratified to notice in Best Original Screenplay, Knives Out is in there.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because that was fantastic.
1: And uh, just as I mean, it, it's, all, it's all just quickly just worth mentioning that um, uh, Taika Waititi is is in there in the best adapted screenplay for Jojo Rabbit.
0: Oh, uh, and, and we'd we'd love to see him just. Oh, yeah. wouldn't that be something? Wow, it would. You, you could have a Kiwi there somewhere. You? <laughs> You've got to. Yes. <laughs> all
1: right. Okay. Cool. Um, now we've, we, shall we just move on and wrap up this um, wide sweeping broadcast? Absolutely. Uh, podcast is not really broadcast, but you know what I mean. Um, look, we've it's the time of year here. It's our summer when a lot of the um, summer festivals are here or not far away. Um, what have we got to look, look forward to in the next little while, Steve?
0: Well, actually, oddly enough, there's been, it's been this sort of the Christmas hiatus. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, New Zealand won't really wake up again until sometime <laughs> in mid-March. <laughs> <laughs> oh! No, no, seriously, I remember a couple of years ago, my friend Suzanne telling me that her, her office um, New Year's of welcome back party... At yes. The office was actually scheduled for late February. Huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I, mean, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. There's, there's no point in trying to pretend that there's anything different. We're not. We don't judge. I oh. we do a little bit, but you know. But the truth is, there's not been a huge amount of announcement going on.
1: No. Okay. But there's
0: a couple of decent-sized names. Russell Brand is coming back.
1: Oh, okay. He's been here a bit,
0: hasn't he? He has. I, I saw him here about four years ago. He was fairly good. Uh, he's
1: very fairly f- good. Well, no.
0: And <laughs> I, I know damning with faint praise. I know, but but. He, he gave every indication of being about to make some sort of incredibly profound right. political comment. And, he said, and, it, and basically, his entire shtick was, okay, um, I'm, I'm I'm going to tell you how the world is going to change, but first let me crack a gag. And he constantly kept cracking the gags and never got to the incredible political uh, insight, uh, um, which was a bit frustrating. You yes. Because he kept teeing it up as being, you know, listen to me and we'll solve all the world's ills. But on the way, he was extraordinarily funny. Right. He was genuinely funny. So he's coming back and he's doing, interestingly, I saw him last time he was here at, I think it was called Vector Arena back then. Yeah, okay. But he's he set his sights a bit lower this time. He's at the Bruce Mason Centre in Auckland. Mm. And that's going to be Saturday the 14th of March. Mm-hmm. Worth seeing though, then Tuesday the 17th of March, Isaac Theatre Royal in Christchurch. And 19th of March is a Thursday, Opera House in Wellington. Definitely worth a look. He is funny. Don't expect actual answers to the questions he raises. He is simply a provocateur. Right. But he's a very funny one. Okay. He really is. So far up himself, it's incredible. <laughs> and the man looked good in leather trousers. But aside from that... <laughs> that oh, he does, actually, to be fair. I, 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 I could never manage them. Now, do you remember the name
1: Mika? I remember the name Mika. Yeah. That, that goes back quite a long way, if I'm thinking of the right artist. Um maybe like decades am i thinking of that yeah uh,
0: he he had um a big hit called grace kelly okay and this would be about thinking, 20 no, no no about 15 years ago
1: oh okay
0: about 15 years ago and I'm at okay. the time he was being mooted as a possible alternative to a replacement to freddie mercury oh okay in queen
1: okay I'm, okay you're right. Because there's even
0: one bit in that song where he says, oh, "I could maybe I could try a little Freddie," and he actually sounds like he's gonna go full Freddie Mercury in it. And and there were a few good songs on that album. And he never really truly mm-hmm. uh, followed up that first album, but it, apparently he's just released his fifth. Oh, okay. My name is Michael Holbrook. <laughs> okay. Described by Billboard as his boldest record yet. Now, on the strength of that first album, I think he would be worth seeing. Quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to be in Auckland on uh, the 22nd of February at the Town Hall. And I think that will be worth a look. I have a feeling he's going to be a very, very good performer. Mm. Now, after that, he goes across to the Burning Island, and we won't talk about that any longer. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. But certainly in Auckland, I think it's going to be worth a look. So that's going to be, like I say, Town Hall in Auckland on Saturday, the 22nd of February. And, yes. We have one other thing to mention. We mentioned last oh, time yes. we spoke. That the Scorpions and Whitesnake are going to be in Auckland. They're going to be doing a few dates in Melbourne and Sydney and Brisbane, but the really exciting one is the 27th. Oh, it again, <laughs> it's so exciting I can't even talk about it. Yeah. 27th of February. Yes. It's a Thursday, and they'll be at Spark Arena in Auckland. And. Wait for it. We have got <laughs> two free tickets to give away. Lovely. So if anyone is interested in going to see the Scorpions and White Snake. Uh, in Auckland on the 27th of February, you need to get yourself to our website cravepodcast.com right now. Like, stop whatever you're doing <laughs> yeah, and right. go there right now. Please, um, and you will see a form to fill in to enter to win two absolutely free no questions asked. <laughs> you don't even have to talk to us, just go and enjoy the concert. Two free tickets to, but it's only two. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. White Snake. And the Scorpions, and that's again Thursday the 27th of February in Auckland at Spark Arena. Very good,
1: well absolutely, done. good work,
0: absolutely, <laughs> yes. So, that's 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 what we've got coming up very shortly,
1: fantastic. All right, well, um, I think we've covered quite a bit of ground, but it's... it was our first show that we were back after a little break, so we, we had some catch. We, we, we did indeed. anyway, thank you very much for uh, listening or watching. Um, as Steve said, cravepodcast.com is the website for. Lots of good information and entertaining reading. Yeah,
0: and we'll have photos from um, Billy Idol this weekend um, in Auckland. We're going to have photos from that concert and a review for that one as well cool. on the website this weekend. Um, so if you've got any comments, any thoughts, any
1: any feedback whatsoever, yeah, anything we've you said. You agree with us or wholeheartedly disagree. I can't, with I can't imagine why. Uh, I mean, e- we, we, we have spoken <laughs> <Yeah>. definitively <laughs> we have we. Uh, you can email us to uh, podcast at cravepodcast.com indeed or oh, you can find us on Facebook on Twitter
0: on Instagram we're at cravepodcast we are
1: and still have been and we'll continue to be so I would hope so too uh, yes. so thank you uh, and until next time I'm Simon Mercer I'm Steve McCabe that's what's been entertaining us this week
0: it certainly is